We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network or on YouTube for all you lovely YouTube viewers. Very much appreciate it. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. We got some headlines of the week, stuff that's happened around the W. Then we're going to talk, of course, about the WNBA Finals. And last but certainly not least, we're going to have our Player of the Week pick. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. Cal, you ready? I am as ready as I can be getting off that jet-lagged flight back from Vegas. Uh, I got my vacation scruff still going on. See how long that lasts, <laughs> but I'm good. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay, our headline of the week, it's actually two things, because when we recorded last week, uh, WNBA expansion news broke after, um, but we'll start with the most recent piece of news, which is Teresa Weatherspoon being hired by the Chicago Sky as her next head coach. As reported by Annie Cosvile since like pretty much August, if I'm not mistaken, like she's been on this story for a long time. Um, Liberty legend, assistant with the Pelicans. Now she gets that head coach job. I remember when the Liberty were searching for their head coach. I went on a podcast and I was like, uh, Teaspoon is just like kind of like hanging out in New Orleans right now. Like maybe they should take a look at her. Like I feel like she would be a great pick. And I love that they hired Sandy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that was a very good pick, but like it felt like nobody was talking about Teaspoon. So I think it's really cool that this guy went ahead and did this. Um, and also very important that it's separate from the GM role. Um, but Cal, what do you think of this hiring? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that that separation is important. But, you know, obviously Teaspoon could hoop. Uh, like, we all remember that shot that she hit. Uh, I don't need her. <laughs> yeah, they could use that some of that right now. Well, they got to be close enough to hit a half-court game winner, though. We won't, well, yeah, we'll get into right. that in a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't follow the NBA enough to know, you know, how she is as a coach. But I'm, I'm assuming she can coach pretty well, too. You got to ask the Pelicans people about that. Most importantly to me another black woman, another former player 
you don't have to go very far back in this league to a time when there were only four women coaches and they were all white. You really only have to go back to the the bubble season in 2020 to get there. Now you look up and down the league, there's 10 women coaches, Eric Tebow, Kerr Miller, the only men, and four of those are black and there's former players everywhere. I think that's a huge shift when, when you look across the landscape of the league, it's, it's so important just to have like obviously representation and also who knows the players, the league, the game better than the people who played it. So you're, you're starting to see former players, you know, Tanisha Wright, Noel Quinn, obviously the two coaches we got in the finals right now are former players. And now you're bringing in Teresa Weatherspoon. So it's, it's a big deal, I think. And I, the last few years, that's just been the story across the league in terms of coaching hires to me is this move towards black women and towards people who played this game, which is, I think, crucial. Yeah, I love it. Um, even just speaking a bit from the Pelican side, too, like I know all those players like really respected Teaspoon. I think she brought a lot of energy, a lot of grit um, and also just very smart overall. Um, and I think the Pelicans are going to be sad to lose her. But I, I don't even I guess they would lose her at this point um, because of the way the seasons are now going to start to overlap. But um, no, she's she's an incredible asset and I'm very excited. I think this is a great move for this guy, especially, you know, moving forward in a post championship post James Wade era and just trying to kind of find their feet again with uh, Ka leading the ship. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the most recent news of the week. Now on to WNBA expansion, which are words that I kind of can't believe that I'm saying right now. Like It feels like this has been a very long time coming. It's always the same conversation every year. Oh, we got these 10 cities on one list. We've narrowed it down to 10. Then we have 20, whatever, whatever. We've got at least one confirmation for the year 2025, which is in the Bay Area. The Warriors are, they bought another uh, WNBA team, which is, fantastic that second team however it seems like it's going to be portland but from like what we've heard it's not like super confirmed yet um but let's get to the bay area first where the w is expanding cal like how do we feel about that great i mean we've been waiting for this day right it's it's finally Mm -hmm. here uh and it's it's really cool that it's good you know in a, a place too where i think basketball has become so big uh, because of what the Warriors have done. So I I would like to think that they'll do pretty well right away, just in terms of attendance and things like that. Um, I'm so fascinated in general by how the sort of expansion rules and the lottery and the draft and all of that is going to work. Uh, because when you look at this team, I believe we said they're starting in 2025, right? Do I have that correct? Yes. So, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know this for sure. It for, From some conversations I've had, it sounds like the 2025 draft might end up being as or more loaded than the 2024, just based on who stays and who doesn't with their COVID year in college with all these big names. Uh, but either way, there's definitely going to be some talent in it. So if these teams get the number one and number two picks, I mean, they're going to start out with someone really good right away. Even if not, if you just put them in the lottery somewhere and they end up getting third or fourth, there's going to be some talent there. And then... How many players are teams going to get to protect? You know, last time they protected six when uh, expansion happened in 2008. Uh, there was a time before that when multiple teams were added that they they protected eight. So we'll see how many they're able to protect. I mean, if it's if it's only five or six, I think you're going to have some 
decent players out there as well uh, for these expansion drafts. So it wouldn't shock me. Like these teams aren't going to go out and win a championship right away. I know Joe Lacob said first five years or whatever. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be last in the league right away either based on, you know, how these, uh, the, depending on like how they allow these expansion teams to be built. So that's something that I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see. It's always also funny. I saw somebody tweeted uh, all the players that are from the Bay Area that are in the W and that like Chelsea Gray is on that list. And so is Haley Jones. And like, I was like, that's so like, it's so cool to see those players and also just see like the fans of the teams that those players are currently on just kind of be like, no, leave them alone. You're not (laughs) taking them from us. So yeah, no, you're right. It'll be very interesting to see who gets protected um, and who doesn't because I feel like it's just going to be so much chaos which you know we're used to here <laughs> in the WNBA uh, space but yeah those are two oh right before we move on um I just want to I just want to do a little spiel on Toronto not being that second team that was announced um because they did pull out of their bid for a team I I know there's like my dms were like literally bombarded by people just asking me why did that happen and what is going on and tell me more about ownership and i apologize well, Karina, why did that happen to you. tell me more about ownership <laughs> i apologize if i didn't get back to you um it's just a very complicated mess that is happening in my city right now i'll just put it like that um there's some politics things that are happening um within said organization that are making it difficult to do things like this i think it was a mistake to pull out because here's the thing. If you're not ready by 2025, sure. But I also, the reasons that were given, like there was one reason that they didn't want to give up, like Scotiabank Arena didn't want to give up concerts during the summer, which is just ridiculous because during the winter you have concerts, NBA and NHL all happening at the same time in that arena and you're able to balance it perfectly fine. Um, So that already is like bad excuse like another like it's just i don't i put out a tweet i see i thought i would be more eloquent with this i just it's a lot of emotions you know because oh, let them know let them know Karina. i put out a tweet that was just kind of trying to look at this in a rational way where it's like okay they pulled out of their bid for 2025 or whatever the cba like the the opt out deal i think is like next year in november And then you have the ESPN TV deal expiring in 2025. So there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of change that is set to happen in the next couple of years. And I feel like at that point, maybe see what's going on, how much more revenue the league is generating. And then maybe Toronto would like to get back into it. But that also means that you delay the start of this expansion team if it's ever happening Um, because maybe the charter flight situation is just fixed in two years and then what right and then you're kind of just like kicking yourself saying oh i should have like done this earlier also because i think the value was like the warriors bought it for like 50 million dollars or something like that um like that value is only going to get higher and higher so if your excuse is like not wanting to spend a lot of money or not having a lot of money well you kind of missed your chance on that because it's just going to continue to rise so it's a very weird situation, a very interesting situation. I think overall, there's just this overarching theme of like not putting enough, not wanting to put enough resources in women's sports. And you need you need somebody who's going to be like that Warriors owner who's just like, we're winning a championship in the next five years. Like it's that, like as crazy as that sounds, like that is a mentality that you want 
from your ownership. If you're going to own a team, like you want somebody who's invested. Um, I need Serena Williams' husband to just tell us what he's doing because he always tweets that he's going to go on this next big venture in women's sports, but then nothing happened. I thought it was W expansion related and I guess it wasn't. Um, so Alexis, like, what's going on, bro? <laughs> like, just tell us. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities here. And uh, I'm I'm hopeful that in the next couple of years that will change. But I don't know. I don't know. For all the Toronto fans and like just people asking me like when the team is going to happen, I think this has set the timeline back even more, in my opinion. Well, I just think, you know, as the WNBA community, we need a team in Toronto so we can get beat reporter Karina Mustafa because that <laughs> is that's what we all deserve. That would be a win for the league. So let's let's make it happen. Who, whoever can make it happen. I'm with you. That's I agree. But well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I didn't know you were going with that. And I was like, oh, OK, that's very nice. Um, but yeah, bring, bring a team to Toronto. Somebody I don't have the money for it, but if I did, I would. Um, but yeah. But yeah, if anyone wants overall, to sponsor this podcast, by the way, <laughs> plug, maybe yes, we can raise the money plug. for it. Bring raise money from coast to coast. <laughs> uh yeah i wasn't getting through the first like 15 minutes of this without a pun so there's the pun for the first half but yeah i think overall it's really good that the league is expanding we've been waiting on this for a long time and i'm really excited to see what that expansion does look like portland was reported to be that second team not fully confirmed yet but it seems like that's the way that it's going to go so that's two more west coast teams which is super cool we're gonna have to adjust our sleeping schedule around that but it's fine. Uh, if you look at the map of like, I think there are like more East Coast teams. So it's not as like unbalanced as people really thought it out to be. But yes, those are that's the headlines of the week. Teaspoon hired by the sky, W expansion. And now we're going to move on to the main event, the WNBA finals. Um, we're in a very different position than we were last week when we uh, previewed said WNBA finals. Um, first of all, Cal. How was game one in Vegas? Because you were there. Uh, Stewie's on the ground. Um, <laughs> and Stewie was on the ground. I don't know. I was trying to think of a pun. But <laughs> how was it? You, you, you got there. I uh, yeah. It was great. It was fun. You know, I I would have loved to see a close game as a neutral basketball fan. Something we still haven't gotten yet somehow. And you can even go you got a close half. Season, honestly. Yeah, I got a close hat. It was a great first half. It wasn't just close. It was mm -hmm. wildly entertaining with Marine hitting those one-legged shots. I think both teams threw some haymakers. Uh, that got a great first half. And from an Aces perspective, you got a great game. Uh, but that being said, like, it was so fun being in the building, you know, close game or not. Like, that place knows how to go hard. And, the, I, you know, it's not like the acoustics and the, obviously, energy of just the, the people who are, so charged up for the finals and uh i like i don't know who their pa announcer is i thought he, he's great it's the first time i've ever been in there i think the whole atmosphere was just like a plus so good good on las vegas they know how to throw a party at, everywhere basketball and otherwise uh <laughs> that is super fun being there um but go I, I would love to see at least one close game this season between these teams because how have we not seen it yet they played five times in the regular yeah. season they played two times in the playoffs preseason game which no one cares about wasn't even within two possessions so mm -hmm. can can we get at least one i don't care who wins i would just like to see one in game three one close game 
Yeah, I think, you know, with that, and I was kind of talking to one of my friends last night during the game about this too, that all the games have been blowouts and it just feels like, not to simplify it, but whoever does better playing at a faster pace is the team that's coming out on top and just running away with the game. And right now, the Aces are winning that battle and I think the Liberty very much would like to slow the game down um, going into game three. Uh, but yeah, games one and two, the Aces defeated the Liberty 99 to 82 in game one and then 104 to 76 in game two. Um, there's like a lot of things going on. I think the first thing is just this Aces team is so good and they are reaching their potential of like you cannot stop them no matter what you do. Because, like, what do you do? That first game was more competitive in the first half, like we just talked about. But then that second game, like, the Liberty, they tried. Like, by halftime, they got it to within single digits. And it seemed like we might get a closer game. But the Aces just were kind of like, no, we're not doing this. We are not doing this at all. So, like, what do you do if you're the Liberty going into game three? You are going to be at home. So, like, how much does that play a factor into it it always matters obviously i think like you don't make up 28 points with any one thing so i you know there's a laundry list of things that need to go different for them like anyone's ever said you have to do a lot of things different to make up 28 points i think you know some of it is schematic i think you know there there's this whole like for example i you, you could go down the list, but I think the way they've guarded Kia Stokes, I would probably guard her a little bit differently. I, obviously, when she doesn't have the ball, you probably should ignore her. Uh, I know she hit a couple threes yesterday. I would, I would let <laughs> yeah. her do that again. Uh, all due respect to Kia Stokes. When it's she has the Ari's ball. Because she did that video with the Aces before the game saying who was going to go off. Um, it's like <laughs> Kia. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you we're, go. If we're going to blame someone. Sorry, Ari, I love you. <laughs> and and uh, Kia had eight points, which for her is absolutely going off. So that was correct. I yeah. think when she has the ball, though, I, I you have to pressure her. I think you have to be up because she, she's going to find people. She's going to either they're going to run people off handoffs, uh, and then you have no help there for Kelsey Plummer, whoever's coming off that handoff, or she's just going to be able to easily find cutters, which Aces had a lot of because Liberty were getting beaten back door quite yep. a bit. Uh, yeah, Key Stokes had three <laughs> nearly on every one. possession, it's, it felt like, yes, yes, right, which is something else they need to clean up, obviously. But, uh, mm -hmm. but, you know, she hasn't had three assists all season, and she had three in game one. She had more assists in this finals than she'd had whole playoffs before that. So, that I mean, you can talk about schematics, you can also talk about effort and focus. Go back to game one. I think the, the whole thing that summed up that second half for me was just that inbounds from Sabrina to John Quo, where John Quo wasn't looking, Kelsey Plum stole it, got a layup. Uh, like that can't happen in the finals. You can't, if you know, the aces are a better team and if they beat you, they beat you, but you can't have lackadaisical inbound passes to people who aren't looking and, and just mm -hmm. like give the ball away like that. So that's, you know, another item on the list. And, and there's some variance here too. Like, you know, just, just randomness of shots going in or not the, the Liberty are shooting terribly right now. And I don't know what it is. It's kind of sustained across the whole playoffs, to be honest. In particular, in this finals, like the, you know, before this finals, there have been two times ever where a team took 29 plus threes and didn't make 10 of them. And the Liberty have done that two times in this final, the same amount that the rest of the league had done in history. So at some point, your threes have to go in too. 
I yeah. think being at home will help with that. But there's just it, any one of those things isn't going to make the difference. You need everything to go right to to get over the hump here. Yeah, and I think you know the the poor shooting is like kind of a mixture of a few things. One being at least it's something that I noticed in the second half of game two is that they were down by so much that they ended up just chucking threes everywhere. Um, when I think they were much better off trying to figure out, you know, playing better together. Like they would miss a three, they would get the offensive rebound, they would pass it to somebody else, then that person would chuck the three, and then they would miss that three, and they would get the offensive rebound, and then the third person would chuck the three. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, this is not like you had three chances to get the ball in the basket. You saw the shots weren't falling. I don't know if like shooting another three is a solution here. I get that like there's not a lot of time left. You're down by a lot. But at the same time, it's like you have to figure out how to get back to what your players can actually do. Um, another factor is just like the aces completely eliminating Sabrina Ionescu. Like if she has not scored over 10 points, I think, in any of these first two games, which is, you know, another factor. She hit like a couple of or like one or two like good threes in game two. But like other than that, not really. And then they're just kind of relying on John Quell to be super strong in the paint being triple teamed and just kind of letting her figure it out and not even really being able to create off of that. So I think there's a lot of things going on. Um, I know there was like some debates about like Marine Johannes versus like Sloot versus Sabrina, like a lot of, a lot of discussions about the backcourt for the Liberty. Um, I think Sloot needs to be better at just like, cause I think some of the offense falls apart a little bit with her on the floor and I think she knows it like I don't I don't want to rant, rant, like go on her too hard I think she knows it um you could t tell like when she like went to sit out when she got like subbed out for Marine in game two and she was like super frustrated the camera was like following her and Steph like Dolson was like trying to give her a high five and so it was like no <laughs> she was not having it um so I think this team knows that they need to be better um it's also just hard when you have a team like the Aces, like just on that passing front, when you said that like Sab is passing it to somebody who's not looking like Chelsea Gray and like Asia Wilson are like the opposite of that, where it's just like they're so, so good at it that it doesn't matter how Chelsea passes it. Asia will always catch it. And I think that's such an underrated thing that people don't really realize like just how good this Aces team is. Like they are elite at doing stuff like that because like, any other players, I think, or on a different team, if Chelsea Gray is passing the ball to you like that, I don't think a lot of players can catch it and finish the way that Asia does. Um, and I think that's a that's a very key thing of like why this Aces team feels to be on a different level right now and something that I definitely noticed. Um, and because they make it look so easy, it might just like blow past you a little bit sometime, like go over your head. But they are really, really good at doing all those little things. Um and it's just been really hard to stop them. Like, is this like the best team you have, have ever seen in your lifetime? It might be. I think uh, I'm going to need to see them finish it off before we officially give them that crown. Uh, Can you imagine if we like have this whole podcast and then the Liberty go and they have like this like bounce back win <laughs> in game three and they win by like 20 points and then we're like, okay, I don't know anything about basketball then. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, that's why I'm not giving him the official crown yet. I, at this moment, <laughs> I would definitely lean towards yes, but I, you know, we we can't put the stamp on it until yeah. until they close it out.
in terms of being the best team ever. But I do think, you know, you're always going to use that early Houston Comets dynasty as a measuring stick anytime you're talking about Mm -hmm. the best teams in this league. You know, we had this conversation with the 2019 Mystics. How do they stack up to the 90s Comets? Now we have this conversation with the Aces. It's hard to compare across eras, but I think they're better. And I think, you know, they go and close it out. I think they they earn that title. Best offense and best defense in the league this year. You don't see that very often. Even without Candace Parker on the floor. Yeah. Obviously, they're they're dominating what is really another super team. Uh, I don't know if the Comets had anyone. I think maybe one year the Sparks were really good. Most years, I don't think they had anyone that they that is the level of these Liberty as as bad as they've looked this finals. They're I think better than most anyone the Comets played most of those seasons. So, yeah, I, I think yes. But like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on making it official till they close out Game Three. We'll see. But okay, it's fair, a stork fair. for sure. Fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Kind of the last thing that I do want to touch on in this final series before we move on to our player of the week. I want to talk about Stewie a little bit because I think her throughout the playoffs has been a very interesting case study. Obviously started off struggling a little bit. Um, and now it feels like it's been better, but almost not good enough. And I don't really know what to do with it because, you know, she did get MVP this year. She has looked like the MVP of the Liberty at times. But now you're in a situation where do you need her to actually take control of the game? Or is this more of a everybody has to figure it kind of thing? Like, what do the Liberty do from here? And like, what do you make of what Stewie needs to be for this Liberty team? Yeah, well, no one's ever come back down 0-2 before. So if you're going to do something no one's ever done before, you need your MVP to go crazy. So yes, yeah. they absolutely need her to stay. And it, it's baffling to me, too, what we've seen from her in this playoffs. Outside of maybe a game or two against the Sun, she's been taken out. And uh, it's, I mean, scoring-wise, you could talk about her shots not going in. But there's there's other little moments, too. Like, I, you know, last, yesterday, first couple minutes of the game, uh, there's there's a long rebound and, and Stewie had inside position on this box out and then like Asia just beat her to the ball. It was just a 50-50 rebound and Asia just beat her to the offensive rebound, kicked it out. Kelsey Plum hit a three. Like that's got to be Stewie's rebound. And there's just these little moments like that that just feel off. And I don't know what it is, like you said, but they're not gonna they're not gonna come back in this series if that continues with her. I you know they as dominant as JJ has been in the in the first halves of this. Uh, series which is something else we can talk about you know the aces finally decided to switch and put asia on her in the second half have kia stokes on brianna stewart last night and and Stu, you know kia stokes is a great defender don't get me wrong she's not the defensive player of the year she's not asia right mm-hmm. and stewie well, she's, the, she's the honorary defender. defensive player of the year because you're asia right asia, asia will call her the defensive player of the year the official league did not she's mm-hmm. an excellent defender but I think it's it's a step down when you go from having the, the best defender maybe ever, certainly right now in the world, on you to having yeah. a very, very good defender on you, Akia Stokes. And when you're the MVP, you should be able to score more than six points on 30 whatever percent shooting with Kia Stokes on you. Uh, again, mm-hmm. no shade to Kia Stokes. Most people would not. But Brianna Stewart is one of the few people in the world that should be able to do that against Kia Stokes. So... I, yeah, I, the Liberty are going to need to see more out of the backcourt, like you said, really, just across the board. But Brianna Stewart, it probably has to start with her when she's the face of this team. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and very last thing, Sandy needs to go back to wearing seafoam. Don't know what the red choice was <laughs> with the pantsuit. Maybe she was trying to shake it up. She was like, maybe if I wear the Aces colors, it'll get in their head. No, Sandy, you need to go back to the seafoam. Please, we beg of you, especially at home. Um, I don't I don't really believe that has any effect on the game, but like it never hurts it might. to be safe. It might. it might, who knows? I don't know. Um, I gotta, I gotta try something. Do, I gotta do like the stats of like when Sandy wears seafoam, how do the Liberty do? I just have to go back and watch every game for that. Um, because that'd actually be an interesting <laughs> uh stat. But yeah, I know. It's just it's tough for the Liberty right now. Um, I would not want to be them, but maybe going home, playing at Barclays against a sold out crowd like behind them rather than behind the other team maybe that's going to help light a fire um yeah i think overall just need to see a lot more from a lot of the players but yeah aces are up 2-0 we'll see what happens if it's a sweep if we get a game four i'm like being illuminated by youtube by the camera right now on my laptop which is like weird um <laughs> if you're watching on youtube you're but, a star yeah. you're shining Cree. I I need the Liberty to shine. <laughs> I need them to shine so we can get yes. like a four or five game series um, to make. But no, it's all all jokes aside. Like I think it's really special to see what the Aces are doing. Like as much as we did want, or I shouldn't say did because it could potentially go to a five game series. But I think like these are two really historic performances by a historic team. Um, and I think we should also just like just pause and like kind of realize what is happening in front of us because this is some special special basketball it's like when everything is just going right completely right and you just have all these players whose skill sets just complement each other really well and it's super cool to watch uh which brings us to our player of the week who may or may not be finals mvp we'll talk about it but Jackie Young is our player of the week. In game one, she scored 26 points. She had five rebounds, four assists. Game two, 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists. She was the story of game one, honestly. And Cal, you called it on our pod, on our preview pod. You said she was going to be the X factor for this team. Not only is she the X factor, she is the factor. Um, she's been really, really good. And, you know, we, you talked a lot about that jackie on sabrina matchup and uh we're seeing it play out so what do you think about our player of the week yeah she's been the a factor the b factor the y factor the z factor <laughs> she's been everything i to, i don't think she just maybe could be considered for finals mvp i think if i had a vote right now if the series were only two games she would get my vote i would have her as the front runner right now and i know there's this whole asia wilson hive out there so this is not an anti-asia take Asia was mm -hmm. phenomenal in game two. Asia was Asia was good in game one. I think Jackie has, was definitely better in game one and has been the story for 80 minutes on this team. So to me, it's her right now. We'll see what happens the rest of the series. Like, I, I love how she's just been able to, and really this is sort of the evolution of her game since she came into the league. And obviously playing for Bill and Beer is different than playing for Becky. Uh, she wasn't <laughs> much of a three-point shooter. I think she could. She just didn't because that offense wasn't built for it. But you see how she's become so knocked down. And they started out giving her space early in game one, and that was a mistake from the start. Was a you know, she, big mistake. She was punishing yeah. them. 
But when you don't give her space, I mean, we've seen her get to the hoop. I think she had two straight and ones early in the second half yesterday, if I remember correctly. Just, uh, you know, like you can't stop her downhill either. So there's just there's not a lot you can do. And the Liberty backcourt isn't built to guard a player like Jackie Young. Uh, Sabrina Inescu certainly can't do it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I I love what she's been doing. It's not just scoring. You know, she's been scoring inside, outside, everyone on the court, taking what they give her defensively. But she's rebounding. Like you said, she's finding people. She's defending. She's doing everything. So she's yeah. She's been the best player on either team, I think, that in this series. Yeah, that's a big thing too. Like as much as she is, like her scoring has really been explosive and um, a lot of variety too. But I think she's just so active um, in the rotations and just like when she's on the floor with the others, with the other four, um, she's just so like crucial to the way that the, their whole like their whole flow just their whole flow she's so um so important to that and i think um she's also really good at like finding people like that's a that's another thing that this aces team like they're all really good passers like they're all really good at reading each other um and i think that's like a really big asset to her game too uh that i've noticed but she's been incredible to watch like we talked about like how strong she's gotten this year and we are seeing that in action and also like when she starts to like show those emotions after she's like i know i'm her she's like i know it. that's when you know you're in danger um when one of the quietest players in the league starts like showing off and like talking her <laughs> shit like that that's when you know that um you just can't really do much against her so yeah i think right now she should definitely be considered for finals mvp We'll see how game three goes because I can also see a case where Asia could win it too. I think it's very close. It, but that also just definitely, speaks definitely. to that just also speaks to how how dominant each of these aces players are. Cause like even Chelsea Gray, like we we haven't really talked about her too too much, but like she's also been phenomenal. She like she literally started reverting back to that 2022 finals MVP type of shooting in game two. And I was watching her like right from the get-go. I was just like, ah. It, well, if Chelsea's shooting like this, then uh, this this game is pretty much a wrap. Like it's crazy. Like the off balance shots, like they just it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful shot. And when those start going in, along with her like incredible passing that everybody on that team can catch, um, it's just it's just what do you do? And you just have so many of these players that are good at different things, but also just complement each other really well. And so, yeah. Anyway, that was like a little tangent on Chelsea Gray, but. Jackie Young is our player of the week. Very much so deserved. And uh, we'll see what happens in game three. I'm very, very intrigued for game three. Like, I really want to see what's going to happen. Um, if it'll be closer, if the Liberty can take it. Do you have any, like, hot takes about what's going to happen in game three? Well, first off, I just want to say back to Jackie Young really quick. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest things for me at being in the arena was seeing all the, you know, the jumbotron stuff they do during timeouts and all that. Every arena is different during halftime. They had like these calming, soothing meditation exercises with Jackie young. I've never seen that in a basketball arena before. And really? Jackie young was the first person or the, the perfect person to do it. I think it was, it was amazing. And then they went right from that into like all the pump up stuff, you know, like get loud, which was like the opposite vibe hilarious to me but i loved it i love it was so cool shout out to the aces for doing that and shout out to jackie for helping us find our zen and then getting us back into basketball that was great so she she does it off the court too 
uh, I don't even remember what your actual question was now. Hot do, takes do for you game have any three. hot takes for game three? You know, I do think the Liberty are going to come out swinging. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I think they're going to at least have a strong start. I don't see them getting down 19 to two again in this game. I think you're definitely going to see, you know, the energy and sort of the fire from the, from, like you said, they know they have to play better. I think you're going to see that carry through at least early in the game, whether we see it for 40 minutes and if it's enough to get them over the top, who knows, but I, I don't know if that's even a hot take or not, but I, I definitely see them hanging around for a while at least. Yeah. Um, they definitely have some stuff to clean up. I think either a Sab or a Stewie, like huge game is probably going to be something that they're hoping for, um, which is part of why I'm like hoping that Barclays crowd kind of gets behind them because maybe that could help. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Game three is on Sunday, October 8th. 15 almost said 18 that was not the right date um but i think that's right right the 15th yeah i, I think uh, game four is the 18th yes if yes. it happens if game, it happens game three is the 15th yep if it happens um but yeah that's been coast to coast if you guys haven't caught the rest of her hoop stats coverage this week gabe and christy recorded their courtside podcast last night after game two which props to them because i went straight to bed <laughs> after game two so make sure you guys go check out their recap and their talks um, on the herb stats podcast network and we'll see you next wednesday